This is Barry Zalma speaking for Claim School Incorporated's blog, Zalma on Insurance. Today we need to speak about why a homeowner's policy requires that the insured actually reside at the dwelling and that the failure to do so can be grounds for denial of a claim. However, if an insurer desires such a result, it must have sufficient evidence to prove that the insured did not reside at the dwelling. In a case out of New York, plaintiff Craig Finch owns parcels of real property in Broome County, New York. The relevant ones for our purposes being one on Kennedy Road, the subject premises, and another on Bishop Road. A single-family home was situated on the subject premises, while a second home was situated about a thousand feet away on Bishop Road. The homeowner's insurance policy for the subject premises was procured through defendant Erie Insurance Company and named Finch as the insured. Erie contended that Finch did not live at the dwelling and denied his claim on that ground. In Craig Finch v. Erie Insurance Company, the Supreme Court of New York Third Department, acting as an appellate court, on December 1, 2022, dealt with Erie's appeal of the denial of its motion for summary judgment, and the New York Appellate Court resolved the dispute. The facts were as follows. A fire seriously damaged the subject premises on the evening of November 22, 2016. Plaintiff notified the defendant of the law, stating that warm ashes in a vacuum cleaner on the back porch had caused the fire, and the ensuing investigation conducted on defendant's behalf confirmed that the fire was accidental and had begun on the back porch. The investigator did not determine the cause of the fire, but could not rule out the vacuum cleaner. Defendant Erie Insurance disclaimed coverage upon the grounds that plaintiff did not reside on the subject premises as required, and that by installing a pellet stove where the warm ashes had originated, he substantially increased the hazards pre present there. Finch sued, alleging that Erie had breached the insurance contract by disclaiming coverage. Both parties moved for summary judgment, and the trial court denied the motion and cross-motion. Erie appealed. In reaching its decision, the appellate court noted that defendant as the party seeking to disclaim coverage on the ground that plaintiff did not reside at the subject premises bore the burden of establishing that the exclusions or exemptions apply and that they are subject to no other reasonable interpretation. The policy provides coverage for loss to plaintiff's dwelling at the resident's premises, with the latter term being defined as the dwelling where plaintiff resides, 
What constitutes a residence is not defined in the policy and is therefore construed against the defendant as the insurer. But it is well settled that residency requires something more than temporary or physical presence and requires at least some degree of permanence and intention to remain. A person may have only one domicile, but more than one residence. For insurance purposes, and the question of whether a person resides in a given location is a fact-driven inquiry that depends on the totality of the circumstances. Erie came forward with proof suggesting that plaintiff did not reside at the subject premises, including that he had primarily lived at the Bishop Road property for almost a decade prior to the fire that his sister resided at the subject premises in return for her making the mortgage payments and covering other expenses, and that he had expressed an intent to transfer ownership of the subject premises to her, all serious indicators that he did not reside at the dwelling. The record, the appellate court concluded, made it clear that plaintiff continued to have significant connections to the subject premises, however, and that he gave conflicting accounts of what his actual plans were for it. For example, plaintiff testified that the subject premises had been his parents' residence, that he was living there with them when he purchased it around 2001, and that it has consistently been occupied by either him or his family members. Plaintiff testified he performed all maintenance and repairs to the subject premises while his sister was living there, as well as that he continued to both keep many personal belongings and receive mail there at the time of the fire. Plaintiff also made clear that he was at the subject premises every day for both maintenance and recreation, and that he could and did sleep there on occasion. Although plaintiff did testify that he aimed to transfer ownership of the subject premises to his sister once she paid off the mortgage, he also gave conflicting testimony in which he stated he wanted to move back there after he got his sister set, and he explained in an affidavit that his plan was to do so after rehabilitating the home on the Bishop Road parcel for his sister's use. The trial court established plaintiff's family connections to the subject premises, his continued use of and presence at the subject premises, and his conflicting statements as to his future plans regarding the subject premises revealed questions of fact as to whether he satisfied the residency requirement of the insurance policy that would preclude summary judgment on that point. Therefore, since the court the trial court and the appellate court were not convinced that he resided at the house or did not reside at the house. The motions for summary judgment were denied, and the order was affirmed, and therefore trial would become necessary. In my opinion, the residence requirement has been ignored by insurance agents, insurance brokers, and people seeking homeowners insurance. As a result, many suits like that filed by Finch keep finding their way to the trial and appellate courts. The evidence presented by Finch may have established that the dwelling was his domicile since he received mail there and spent much time at the dwelling. It was not, however, his residence. 
and was the residence, in fact, of his sister. The entire dispute would have been resolved if Finch had the policy name as an insured his sister and had himself as an additional insured. He did not. At trial, the insurer will need to produce evidence that Finch did not reside at the premises where the fire occurred, or perhaps that he increased the risk of loss. Regardless, this case will go to trial unless it is settled because there simply was not enough to prove that it was not his residence. This video was adapted from my blog, Zalma on Insurance, which is available free to anyone who will click on the URL zalma.com slash blog. And I'd appreciate it if you subscribe to the blog. And also it is available as a video at rumble.com and at youtube.com, where it is also available free if you subscribe. And finally, I would hope that you would also consider subscribing to my Substack publication and to my Locals community. Thank you for your attention.